Father, we thank you for the wisdom of the Lord Jesus that we're to pray for those that, um, Lord, may even view us as enemy or use us despitefully. Lord, we recognize that, that there, are, there are actually wicked and unreasonable men. They don't have faith, and they've got agendas that are in rebellion to you. Uh, but Lord, you so loved the world, you gave your only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting, to have eternal life. And, and Lord, we want souls to be saved. We want people who are in the condemnation and the darkness of sin to be able to, to meet and to know the Lord Jesus Christ. This world is not our home. We are strangers and pilgrims in this world. And so we don't, Lord, help us to be biblicists. Help us to not get wound up and uh, to be consumed with politics and, and, or even to be overly concerned with what the world system is doing. Uh, at some point, everything's working together to put the Antichrist on a throne that's over and against and in rebellion to you. So we know that. We see that. Lord, we just ask for, as much as it is possible. Lord, we're asking for that quiet and peaceable life. We're asking for more latitude. Lord, we want maximum latitude to operate. And so, God, help us. Would you cause your face to shine on us? Would you help us to recognize that we're not Democrats or Republicans? Uh, we are ambassadors for Christ. Help us to recognize that, Lord, we don't, we, we can't fix a broken world system, but we can see Christ affixed to hearts and lives, and, and we can see souls translated. Help us to recognize the mission that you have us on. Help us to think like, uh, like good soldiers and to endure hardness that way, to be able to, to recognize that, that this world doesn't have to go our way or be convenient or comfortable. Uh, we're here on a rescue mission. Lord, help us to never lose sight of that. God, I thank you for our students. I thank you for their, their uh, you can just see their hearts warming and, and you can see them endeavoring. And Lord, would you bless the student ministry? God, would you give them fruit? Uh, would you help them to, to be full of faith and not fear? Lord, would you give them boldness? God, would you open their eyes to help them to see how awesome and how massive, how big, how wonderful, how loving you are. Perfect love casts out fear. Lord, we're praying for our student ministry that, that our brothers and sisters, our little brothers and sisters would be on fire for you. God, would you bless Jeff and Josh and the, and the counselors, the team. Uh, give them wisdom and discernment. God, would you thrive them for the work and for your glory. We pray all in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we have been looking at Hannah's prayer, and this is 1 Samuel chapter 1, and if you'll remember, Hannah's got a problem. She is barren. She knows she's supposed to have children. She can't have children. The other woman is her adversary and provoking her, and when it comes up, when it's time to come up to the Lord to worship Him and to give Him praise to give him thanks for all of his blessings. She can't get with the program. She just weeps and she will not eat. Her husband says to Hannah, why weepest thou and eatest thou not? 
1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 8. And why is thy heart grieved? Well, he knows the answer. It's in the last question. Am I not better to thee than ten sons? And so we looked at Hannah and we see the parallel in our own lives. She's got this problem that's bigger than herself. She's got a husband who has another wife and that other wife is fruitful. So, you know, she can't blame him. Obviously, um, the other woman's having babies. And so she's, she's got this problem. It's beyond her abilities and she can't have a baby. And she knows, right? Psalms 127 verse three, that children are an heritage of the Lord. The fruit of his womb is his reward. And we saw the parallel of that to our lives. God designed us. We're supposed to be fruitful. John chapter 15 verse 16 says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. And that's the key, that we would ask, but we need to ask according to his will so that we have what we ask. Sadly, this was the point from last time, a lot of Christians, they're not fruitful because they don't pray biblically. They're not praying according to the word. In 2 Peter chapter one, we see that that God has given us all things that pertain, right? All things that apply, that enable us to be partakers of the divine nature. And verse eight, 2 Peter 1 verse eight says, if these things be in you, these things that come from God's word, if they're in you and abound, they make you that you shall be, that you, you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we looked at the keys to Hannah's prayer and the last one was she prayed powerfully. Hannah knew there was no hope in herself. She could eat all the mandrakes that she wants and she is not gonna get pregnant. She's tried everything and it's not, it's just, she's not having a baby. And so she understood, right, that she's in a place where she can receive a blessing from the Lord. First John chapter five, verse 13 says the same is true for us. We're in a place where we can receive from the Lord. He says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And we know, and if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So here's Hannah lifting her petitions up to the Lord. We can do the same thing. These areas, these things of desperate need in our life, we are designed by God to be fruitful, to multiply, and to replenish the earth with spiritual sons of God. Where's the fruit? Don't we have a bridegroom that is better to us than 10 disciples? I mean, he is, it's true. He's, he, if you've got Jesus, you've got everything, and yet, you need to have a baby, <laughs> right? You need to have, uh, we're talking about spiritual baby. You need, to, you, you need a disciple, okay? So what do we do? Well, we need to ask. And so this brings us to the next two points, and Lord willing, we'll get through these two points tonight. Number two, Hannah prayed rightly. So if I don't have a spiritual bun in the oven, if I don't have a, a disciple, why not, right? If I'm not seeing fruit in my life, our souls being, is, is what I'm doing in life, is it helping, is it falling out to the, 
you know, that's the part, that's the, the genius of being part of a local church ministry. You can, you can actually watch cars in the parking lot or take care of actual babies in the nursery and you facilitate the preaching of the gospel, the training and equipping of saints for the work of the ministry. Like literally your Martha work supports the Mary function for people to be able to just set at Jesus' feet. Are you, is your life plugging in and is it falling out to the effect of seeing souls won, disciples made, people equipped for the kingdom? If not, why not? Something is in the way, something is hindering. And so, so Hannah's at her wit's end. I don't know what else to do. I'm gonna take it to the Lord. And she prayed rightly. Psalms 66 verse 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. What, because if I have iniquity in my heart, he can't actually hear, no, it's, again, this is like when you tell someone, you're so jacked up, talk to the hand. I'm not, like you tell people, I'm not hearing it. I, I don't wanna hear from you, talk to the hand. It's not that he can't hear, it's he won't. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me, but verily God hath heard me. He hath attended, unto the, he hath attended to the voice of my prayer, Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. And so here's, how did Hannah pray rightly? Well, read the story. What she did was, was she purposed in her heart. She vowed to live in victory. In the victory given to her according to God's promise, she purposed in her heart that if the Lord would, in his mercy, roll away her reproach, that if God would act in her life and give her that baby, then she would consecrate God's gift entirely into his service. Do you see that? I mean, that is a great argument with God in prayer. That blessing that you're gonna give me in my life, I'm not gonna keep it for myself. It's gonna be 100% invested in all glory to you. All of it's to your glory. See, Hannah put God first in her prayer life. That's how she, put, that's how she prayed rightly. You give me this baby, I'll give him back. You give me a disciple, I won't lord over him. I'll just help him follow you and train him up to go win souls and make disciples. That's what I'll do. In John chapter 15, verse seven, Jesus said that his disciples' prayers would be answered. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Well, what's God's, what does God's words say about your fruitfulness? So don't worry about the technicalities. It's better to pray even with your own failings. Pray for something that's biblical. If you pray for it, even with your weakness and your failings, that's better than praying for something that God is not planning in his infinite wisdom to do. Oh God, you know, if you'll just help me get that job where I can be a millionaire and then I'm gonna start a software company and we're gonna make video games and uh, on the billboards in those video games we'll, 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 put the, we'll put the names and numbers of local churches or something, you know, like, <laughs> what? You come up with some scheme. It really isn't about the mission, it's about God lying in your pocket. Uh, man, why waste your life? You know, Moses, he prayed real hard to go into the promised land, didn't he? I mean, he wanted that bad. He wanted to be in the promised land. God said no. Okay, does that mean God in telling Moses no, did that mean that God didn't love Moses or that Moses wasn't cared for by God? Man, no way. The Bible says he was God's friend and when the time came, God himself buried Moses' body. I mean, who else did he do that for? 
So here is Moses, the man. I want to go to the prophet. No. You got mouthy, and you lost your temper, and you didn't submit. No. Well, God, would you start hating on me? How come you don't love me? No, God loved Moses greatly. And then on top of that, God let Moses get a sneak preview of the ultimate promised kingdom. Forget the promised land. You get to talk to the Lord Jesus Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration with Christ's own disciples looking on. I mean, talk about God blessing his people. Moses, I'll just put you right there on the Mount of Transfiguration glory and just let the disciples freak out over you. They'll, they'll want to build a temple to you. Man, thank God when he tells us no. God loves his children. Number three, Hannah prayed persistently, and this is key. Don't stop praying till you get the answer. You know what Christians do all the time? We claim to take our petitions to the Lord. Well, I prayed to God one time, that didn't work out, so I ran to the world, and in my own power, and in my own wisdom, I try to handle the situations that life throw at me. And God allowed those problems, God allowed those situations in my life to box me in so that he could prove his provision for me. And again, we gave this example when we started looking at Hannah's prayer. What was the thing that Hannah had to have? She had to have a baby. What was the thing that she couldn't fix, you know, in terms of her own ability, her own womb? She can't have a baby. So she has to take it to the Lord. Well, that's like salvation. You couldn't deal with your sin problem. And if you got saved, you recognized that and you cried out to God for mercy and forgiveness and for salvation, you had to simply call on the Lord and trust him to do it. Trust him to hear and answer your prayer. Otherwise, you didn't actually enter into that transaction. You had to call on a risen Lord and Savior and cry out to him for mercy and forgiveness of sin. But then this is what Christians do all the time. They actually pray for salvation and then the rest of their life, they're effectively saying, God, thanks for the salvation. I was stuck on that one, but I got the rest of my life under control. Too many Christians give up at the point of first distraction, the first sign of trouble. We need Christians who, like Hannah, continue in prayer. Too many of us wimp out at the first time, at the first sign of trouble. Well, I prayed, I prayed some words of God, and it just didn't work out, and, and, and it's getting kind of rough on me. I, I need to go talk to MasterCard about it. Not Daniel. Daniel had a prayer life. He was persistent in prayer. He had to have an answer from the Lord. And Daniel chapter six, verse seven said, all the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition, there it is, pray, of any God or man for 30 days, save thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. So what did Daniel do? Well, I tried. Now I'll have to start talking to the king about, no, not Daniel, no way. And so what was the accusation? Then answered they and said before the king that Daniel, which is one of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou assign, but maketh his petition three times a day. He's calling on the Lord every day, three times a day, when we told him not to. Well, I must obey God rather than men. 
I know that my God is a prayer hearing, prayer answering God. He has showed me to do it. He has led me to do it. He's instructed me to do it in his word, so I'm gonna do it. Let God be true. So they threw him in the lion's den. I, I love imagining that, you know, that uh, one of those cats was, was his pillow. <laughs> you know, the Bible doesn't say that. I just like to think that, but, but Daniel was in no danger. And those lions were starving the whole time. The king comes, hope against hope. Daniel, did you make it? It's all good, man. Come on down. No. <laughs> so they pull him out. They pull him out and they throw his accusers in. Before. They don't even hit the floor, the den floor. The lions had mastery over him, just tore them up. God is a prayer hearing, prayer answering God. Daniel would let nothing distract him from his goal, his mission. He had to get a hold of God. Look at Matthew 15. A Syrophoenician woman, this woman of Canaan, comes crying to the Lord saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. How are you gonna fix that? But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and beside him saying, send her away for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, I'm your dog, <laughs> right? Truth, Lord. Okay, true. Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that, er from that very hour. You know, at first, she's, she gives her petition and she doesn't get an answer. He's not even paying, it looks like he's not even paying attention to her. Then he says he won't help her, but she doesn't give up seeking the Lord. Finally, look at what she says. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And then after that, <laughs> he disses her, calls her a dog. Gentile dog, Syrophoenician dog. How many of you would be offended and leave if the Lord called you a dog? Be God's bloodhound and keep tracking him down in prayer. Help, right? Help me, Lord, help me. That's, that was Peter. He's sinking in the water, right? What does he say? Lord, save me. Immediately the Lord stretches forth his hand. Again, he's part of the children of Israel. The Lord is saying, go away, dog, kennel up. Well, Lord, I deserve the scraps. And I love what Jesus said, a woman, great is thy faith. This will be a hero in heaven. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. Too many people today will pray some words at God and because they don't get what they want, they give up. And what Satan wants more than anything is a prayerless people, a prayerless church. God answers prayer. Ask, right? Knock, seek, that's what we're called to do. Satan wants to get us self-sufficient, or he wants to get us 
worldly dependent. He wants to get us at a place where we're not desperate in prayer before the Lord. At the judgment seat of Christ, what you're going to see in terms of fruit, what you're going to see in terms of reward, is answered prayer. And Satan, the last thing he wants is for us to steal his children and see them translated into the kingdom of light. The question is, is will we petition? Will we be persistent in prayer? Are you willing by faith to pray powerfully, to pray rightly and persistently in order to see what God and only God can do in your life and in the life of this church? Brothers and sisters, everything that we have is in response to God answering the prayers of his people. The souls that get saved because God opens doors, it's because we pray. The disciples that are conformed to the image of Christ, that's all in answer to prayer. Everything, you know, before uh, we bought this building, on the, on the day actually that we bought this building, the gentleman that sold it to us said, good luck, nothing ever works there. I'm convinced it's Satan's seat. God answers the prayer of his people. And so this is why Tuesday nights are so critical. This is why this is so important, that we come together and agree together in prayer over what God's word says, that we have to see the reality over. He's better to us than 10 disciples, but we know we need to make disciples. And if you'll give us one, we'll train them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. We'll give them right back to you. They'll exist for your glory. We're not gonna lord over them. We're not gonna hog them. We're not going to keep them. This is a catch, train, and release program. All the glory goes to you. Is this making sense, brothers and sisters? Can we pray together and ask the Lord for fruit starting this next week? After It'll be after the women's, uh, the women's uh, missions conference because we didn't want to put a cramp on that because you ladies know you're going to pig out this next weekend. But then starting uh, Sunday through, it's a two-and-a-half-week uh, season of prayer and fasting, and we, we, we have to call on the Lord. Our city is going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> uh, God, please give us children. Can we do that? Can we pray? And then after you pray, let's just everybody find a prayer partner, let's pray together, and then we're dismissed, all right? Let's call on the Lord.